Save big money now on new siding from LP SmartSide at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. I'm WSB's Eric Erickson. Atlanta's evening news is coming up at 5. Between now and then, if there's a traffic red alert, breaking news, severe weather alerts, the WSB 24-hour breaking news center will not hesitate to break in. And we'll have more during Atlanta's evening news from 5 to 7. Depend on it. Most connected man in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, the most connected man in Washington, D.C. is Jamie Dupree. How are you, sir? Hey, Sean. How you doing today? I'm good. How was your weekend? Uh, very, very good. A lot of basketball, a lot of kid fun, etc. It doesn't get any better than that. Nope, nope. We have a presidential candidate who's just on the air with us. And uh, Ted Cruz, not the most loved among his Senate colleagues, I would argue because he actually stood up for what he promised. And a lot of these guys bailed out on what they promised. But I, know, I think that that uh, his sort of shake it up and rattle the cage of his own leadership has made him uh, very popular among some on the Republican side, obviously. You know, you look at where he is in this race. He's certainly not at the top tier right now when you look at the polls. But, you know, then again, we'll see what happens. I just look back four years ago and how the Republican race, for better or for worse, sort of had a flavor of the month kind of to it. And people went up and people went down. I, you know, I don't see it. And I was talking with my colleagues here today about it. And what we were thinking was there's no reason to uh, sell Ted Cruz short or anything. You may not think that he's going to win, but I think a lot of us were in agreement here that, he certainly will have an impact on the debate and brings a voice to this internal GOP race uh, that certainly has a lot of chances. Uh, I, I mean, to me, everything that was said today by him was his selection of venue, going to Liberty University, home to, uh, you know, the moral majority, Jerry Falwell, evangelical voters. You know, you would think of somebody that looks at Ted Cruz would think, well, he's all about the Tea Party. Obviously, and talking talking about and emphasizing his religious roots today, he was not appealing just to the Tea Party there. Uh, he was appealing to a broader group of voters who are very, very important when it comes to Republican primaries. I mean, just look at the two winners of Iowa the last two times, Rick Santorum and Mike Huckabee in 2008-2012. I really thought that by having it at liberty, Ted Cruz was basically saying to those two especially, hey, uh, you're not going to just get these voters. I'm going to have a big chunk of them, too. And that opens up a little bit of a different route for him in this race in 2016. Do you think the strategy of, quote, the more establishment side, do you think their their strategy is to get as many conservatives in the race so that they splinter off that vote and then, therefore, a more establishment guy can cruise through? No uh, pun intended. You know, I mean, they may say that, but uh, let's look at some of the top people. I mean, Jeb Bush, he would describe himself as a conservative, but I think a lot of your listeners and a lot of Republicans don't look at him that way. There is, you know, suspicion of him. So he doesn't draw from that kind of voter. Uh, Marco Rubio, he does have some chance to draw there, though he's had his run-ins in recent years over immigration and more. Scott Walker, I think Scott Walker could still be sort of what I would describe as a fusion candidate, somebody who could get support in the establishment, but somebody who could also reach in and grab some of those Tea Party voters that somebody like a Rand Paul or a Ted Cruz is after as well. So I don't know that that's the so-called strategy of the establishment, but certainly with every other person like that in the race, you know, uh, you certainly could dilute that vote and allow somebody else to get through. But then again, I would argue 
that that's that's true in any internal party race where you're going to get some dilution because several people are in the race who are sort of of like mind or, or seem similar. So I don't know that that's their strategy. It might be some of their hope that that would happen. But if you look at I was looking at polling data today, Sean, on who supporters of Cruz, like who they also liked in the race, you know, things like that, who their second choice would be. And I was interested that the Cruz voters and the Rand Paul voters and the Scott Walker voters, they were in sort of the same universe. So we may see some people there sort of circulating around. And and I'm going to be interested to see how this shakes out, because obviously none of them have been in this sort of a race before. And as we've seen, I don't care how good you think you are, sometimes you can stumble along the way, and certainly this is a real test for Ted Cruz and everybody else. Got to admit, those kids were adorable, right? Hey, uh, you know, whether you whether you like the guy or not, he's got a telegenic family. Uh, you know, I think you'll see that a lot more. I mean, how many times I've, I think of all the times I've been covering presidential or whatever races and that iconic shot with the family and the small kids. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you and I both know you can uh, you can identify with people who have a family, a young family like that, and you talk about the future. I mean, what was it, uh, Cruz's line today that he kept coming back to over and over? His theme was uh, talking about the promise of America and urging a grassroots revolution among conservatives. I mean, he didn't really expressly slam the GOP establishment, but I think it was, you sort of felt a little of that. Really, though, his main focus today was rattling off a lit- litany of complaints about the Obama administration, about the president. Well, I Ma- thought he Mark- outlined an agenda. I thought he he went through, and this is what I'm going to get into with him tonight. Uh, now, most of the major presidential candidates have agreed to do, on the day they announce, one hour with me on my television show. And, um, and I know it won't please the mainstream media, but it gives them time to really spell out how they propose that they're going to solve our nation's problems, of which there are many. And uh, I think that that would be invaluable for the voters to hear directly from them, sort of like the candidate in their own words about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Yep, that's all. Internet videos also do a great job with that. C-SPAN, whatever. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And certainly the it's a different time frame now than even 10 years ago in terms of how you can get your message out. You know, the one thing I was thinking about today, Sean, was, okay, Cruz getting in. Yeah, he jumped ahead. He didn't go through the exploratory process or anything. Is this going to force anybody's hand to then say, all right, I got to speed this up? I don't know if it will. Uh, the word out of Louisiana today, for example, was Bobby Jindal saying he's not going to make any decision earlier than June. Uh, Rand Paul seems set for just about two weeks from now. I would assume that after Easter. We'll I can already hearing. tell you, I know what the dates are of some, but I've been sworn to secrecy. Even better. And so, I, you know, I think after Easter, we're going to start seeing more and more of that. And uh, ironically, Hillary Clinton was here in D.C. today. She was at a Washington roundtable, a, a liberal think, think tank. There was no Q&A allowed by reporters or anything like was that. Was she, she hanging gave... out with her chief propagandist, John Podesta? And, uh, <laughs> and I did not see John Podesta today. Did you see today. David Brock? Was he there? He's. Uh, I did not see David Brock either, no. this uh, uh, It was an event on uh, urban issues and cities and more. And, you know, I, I think that uh, we look at her and wonder when is she going to make it official? What there was? Did you see the, the Boston Globe piece this weekend where they were all but pleading with Elizabeth Warren to get in the race I on know. the Democratic side? Pretty interesting, isn't it? I would think that after Easter now, we get into April, that we'll start to click them off here and there. You know, people don't believe me, but I have not decided who I'm voting for. And people, what do you mean you haven't decided? What do you mean you can't? And the purpose is, is that I, I want to, A... I want my audience, first of all, you know and I know, and this is really important. We both know that what we're arguing about today and the issues we face today, many of them will be the same, but there'll be issues that come up that are very, very differently. And in the course of any campaign, most candidates will stumble. Some will fall. Some will be able to pick themselves up and start over, and some won't. 
So yeah. there's there's a ebb and flow to a presidential campaign, and I want to see how these guys deal with this because it becomes a real pressure cooker. Just think about the ebb and flow that's occurred for uh, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. I mean, he was uh, talked about an awful lot a couple of months ago and is sort of backed up. We don't hear that much from him at this point in time. I still think he wants to run. But is he going to be a major part of this race? You know, some would some look at it right now and, and aren't so sure. But I think the message of repealing in, uh, Obamacare, abolishing the IRS, interestingly, he went with a flat tax. He went with a flat tax. And not yeah. the fair tax. Um, and then his first ad comes out in Spanish. Well, certainly he's got the ability to speak Spanish. Uh, Marco Rubio does. I don't know who else uh, can. But, yeah, I, that's why when I hear Democrats tell me that, oh, yeah, the, the Republicans with their immigration views, they're 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 basically going to be screwed when it comes to Hispanic voters. And I always think, you yeah. know what, if you've got a candidate that's bilingual and I don't mean fake bilingual, I mean real bilingual. Well, he's real bilingual. As that's, is Rubio. that's a big deal. I think I you're, able, you. you're able to go in and do. So I mean, Jeb Bush, I, I, as a matter of fact, you got three of them. You got Jeb yeah. Bush, Marco, and you got Senator Cruz. You're able to do full interviews and sit downs. It's not just some fake thing where I know some stuff. It's uh, you know, they can they can talk to any reporter for any Spanish language, whether it's a newspaper, or a website, a TV station, a radio station. I mean, that just that's a huge expansion and gives you the ability. It doesn't mean you're going to win their votes, but it gives you a much better shot than if you're just he you got forty percent of the Spanish vote in. Texas when he ran for senator. That's a very high number for a Republican, don't you think? Oh, I, it's the thing is, a, it's a big number, period. Yes. Yeah. Look, I, I keep telling people up, uh, a friend of mine I saw this weekend, and he was asking me about Cruz and, you know, sort of that typical kind of D.C. establishment reaction. Well, don't you think he's crazy? And I looked at him, I said, well, you remember, he thinks you're crazy, too. So don't worry about it. You're even on that. I, you know, and, this is where occasionally you put a nice smile on my face. Sometimes you go in the other direction with the Jamie, I've got to be fair. And every once in a while, you come over my direction, the Jamie, you've got to be fair. Well, I like to remind people that when when they say, that uh, don't you think that guy's crazy they a lot of them probably think that that other person is too so they're sort of uh, dead even on that again i think it's too easy to say it's too easy to say oh cruz can't win or no he'll he'll just never get broad enough support Uh, i i don't know about that let's let's see what happens i really believe this race is wide open and oh yeah i do too and i think the slate of candidates we have is unique and different and i think the bench is very deep I mean, let's go through the candidates. You have Jeb Bush. He has a very compelling story to, to say as when he was governor of Florida. Interestingly, if he was just running on that record, short of Common Core, which he supported in recent years, and short of his recent comments on immigration, uh, his record as a governor was very conservative. Scott Walker's taken on the unions. He took a huge uh, deficit and a lot of debt, and he turned it into a surplus, and he created a lot of jobs. He has a good story to tell. Um Marco Rubio, as you I pointed you pointed out rightly so. I agree he might be the one guy that people look to that can kind of bring together the establishment and the Tea Party um, with, with some of his ideas. I think to underestimate Ted Cruz is beyond foolish because, uh, I mean, this guy's Princeton. He's uh, Harvard. He is, you know, his his roots are humble. And he's got he had a very compelling story up on that Liberty stage today. You know, yeah, I, I, and, I, you know, what will be interesting, too, is how they conduct it, because you and I both know you can have the best uh, situated candidate in the world. I mean, I look back four years ago, Governor Perry yeah. of Texas at the time, I thought was in perfect position. He had the chance to really storm in and take that field, and it, it didn't happen. You're and right. And Christie, was, and Christie this cycle, I mean, I, I don't even think Christie's going to run in the end. 
You know, and 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 uh, I got a little saying that I wrote up here from uh, it was actually from a World Cup uh, broadcast a couple uh, four four or five years ago where the U.S. was playing, and the announcer said something to the effect of, "In sport as in life, it's all about seizing the moment." Mm-hmm. And you know, I would that's I think that's true in just about anything, and especially when it comes to the presidential race, because sometimes if you're a beat slow one day or something like that. You can get shuffled back real quick. This will be a test for everybody in how they can stay on message, not get uh, distracted by shiny objects off on either side of them, and keep their head down and moving forward. It's not easy, and there you will know, be a lot of days in which I'm sure they think that they've screwed up that day, but they'll live to fight another one. Frank Lund says that this he expects 2016 to be a change election. Now, second terms for presidents are notoriously difficult and often bad. I would argue that it hasn't been particularly easy going for even President Obama. But, you know, eight years ago it was change. Now it's change. I think there's a reason that the electorate kind of swings back and forth. Uh, They get a little tired of one party and they move back to the other party. And I think that I would not be surprised if that that turns out to be the case. Well, think about it. The uh, we've had several recent times where the public has been given the opportunity to sort of have a third term of one party. They didn't do that for the Republicans after George W. Bush's two terms. They didn't do that for the Democrats after Bill Clinton's two terms. They did do it uh, after first George Bush after Reagan. And you go back and you see it's sort of that two-term number other than FDR. And so that that quote-unquote third term for a party is somewhat rare. It can happen, but it is rare. And I think it does come because sort of a... Oh, a, a general sense of, OK, we've given them eight years. Now it's time to try something else. And those swing voters who frustrate the living daylights out of both parties because they're not sort of, tr- quote unquote, true believers are the ones in the end who really hold the key to where things go. Yeah. What about Hillary? What do we hear about her? Hillary was here in town today and she was, as I said, doing an event at a, a Washington, D.C., a more liberal think tank. She didn't say anything or even allude to Ted Cruz or anything about the race. There was no Q&A, no reporters getting to ask her questions. So it was sort of a a typical Hillary kind of event. I I tell you, did you read that story in the New York Times today about her emails? It was Mm -hmm. on the front page of the New York Times. To me, what screamed out from that story more than anything was her communicating as Secretary of State with her staff all of them seemingly on their private email accounts, not just through the state.gov. And that raises a lot of questions. I'm sure I don't have the goods to to prove this, but I'm sure that is almost standard operating procedure at some places. I'm sure that happens a lot more than we know about. And and that, I think, will get a lot more attention from the Congress. Again, though, we don't have any uh, no date set on when Hillary Clinton will be up here before Congress, either before the Benghazi committee or the uh, or the the House Oversight Committee. One thing I thought about today as I was reading that New York Times story. Mm-hmm. Who leaked that? Who do you think? The New York. I thought the original leak in the New York Times, and I'm not dodging your question, I think it came from Hillary's camp. Yeah, I thought this came from the Democratic side today just because yeah. of where it was. I didn't know exactly where, but that was my feeling, but, too. But then it became the feeling that maybe somebody in the Obama White House did it, and I think they definitely want to distance themselves. It's clear from what she has done. Because I think they feel like they're going to get, uh, they're, they're going to be impacted by it all, and when all said and done, because they all yeah. knew about it. Yeah, all right, we'll Jamie. See. Jamie Dupree, thank you. See you, Sean. Incredible day. We're going to talk to uh, the president of New Heights Communication, who's serving as the Iowa press secretary, back for Al Gore, who actually believes uh, that Ted has reasons why that uh, Ted Cruz will be the next president. We'll find out what that means. Also, Senator Tom Coburn is coming up straight ahead. 
bold, inspired solutions for America. This is the Sean Hannity Show. News 95.5 at AM 750. WSB. Save big money now on new siding from LP SmartSide at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. 